The hunt begins for a new president at the University of South Carolina following Bob Caslin's recent resignation given to the Board of Trustees. As the search for new leadership begins, the USC chapter of the NAACP is calling for greater diversity in the school's executive offices. I'm Finn Carlin. And I'm Will Kronsberg. You're listening to The Loop with SGTV News 4. Following the commencement ceremonies for the University of South Carolina, it was reported that now ex-president Bob Caslin had plagiarized part of his speech to the graduates, in part leading to his resignation being submitted to the Board of Trustees. Former President Harris Pastides has since been appointed interim president, but the search is now underway for a new university president. Students are also weighing in on how a tunnel on campus, thought to be available for free expression, has been given a new coat of paint and new signage saying it's not the place for brushes and paints. And williams Bryce Stadium, along with other sports venues at USC, is allowing for full capacity starting this fall, which is getting mixed reactions from the student body. Stick with us. We'll keep you in the loop. This podcast is a part of Garney Media Group's podcast network. Garney Media Group is the collective partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org. After a meeting held by the USC Board of Trustees, Harris Pastides was officially named the university's interim president, returning temporarily after nearly a decade of serving in office prior to Bob Caslin's two years. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who reportedly influenced Caslin's hiring process in 2019, backed the ex-president at a recent press conference despite the plagiarism scandal leading to his resignation. I think the university will do a fine job of finding a replacement for it. I think that General Kasman, President Kasman, did a, a splendid job in the two years he was here. Now that the Board of Trustees has started its search for a new president, students with the USC chapter of the NAACP have released a statement demanding greater representation in the hiring process. News 4 reporter Beyonce Watson joins us now from Aiken. How are you, Beyonce? Hi, Finn and Will. I'm doing great. So the student body has had some whiplash from the university's administration recently, from chasm residing to now having the former president take his place. How have they responded to Pastides being appointed as interim president? Well, many USC students have taken a Twitter to celebrate President Harris Pastides' return to presidency. While many celebrate, others refuse to celebrate a resignation and say that the school needs stability. While others celebrate, the USC's NAACP chapter saw it as an opportunity to get to work and demand diversity in USC's offices, including the presidency. Right, and Pastides is only a temporary placement, which students are well aware of. Now, the USC chapter of the NAACP has released their statement demanding a greater minority representation in the university's senior leadership and in other departments. But more than this, how are students taking action to have a greater influence on the university's hiring process? Well, the university's NAACP chapter put out a statement addressing the Board of Trustees because there was a lack of Black representation during their last search for the university president. USC's NAACP chapter is hoping that this statement will help persuade those in position to find more diverse leaders for USC. Students have pushed for more widespread diversity, equity, and inclusion on campus for years, but 77% of the Board of Trustees is made up of white male alumni, including Governor McMaster, with only two non-white members. How much does it mean to students that there is a more diverse governing body at USC, and is it very realistic that it could start with their next president? Well, the NAACP wants the university to follow through with greater diversity, equity, and inclusion initiative. 
Because POC students around campus say that with more diversity in office, they would feel more comfortable to have someone looking out for them. University NAACP president Kaylee Bright says that she's optimistic for that kind of change to begin soon, but that all starts with the president. It's sad to say that like you have to wait on one one person or one position to get change started, but I just feel like the president has such a big role in our school. Like if the president were supportive of what students were doing, then we would definitely have change quicker. She said that she feels that not all of the executive leadership of the university does not have the interests of all groups of its students as a top priority, but that a more diverse and inclusive governing body could be the first step in making the campus stronger. Beyonce, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The CDC has recently stated that fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear a face covering in most indoor and outdoor situations, still advising they be worn in large gatherings and when traveling. Though this new guidance applies to everyone nationally, the CDC strongly recommends following COVID-19 guidelines that your state and local businesses or workplaces require, which vary greatly across the country. News 4 reporter Tyler Fedor reports. The Center for Disease Control announced May 13th those fully vaccinated against the coronavirus no longer need to wear masks outdoors in crowds and in some indoor settings. According to AP reporting, virus cases in the United States are at their lowest rate since September and deaths at their lowest rate since April. The positive rate of tests is an all-time low for the coronavirus pandemic. Even as the CDC rolls back virus restrictions, however, some states are still keeping restrictions in place, such as limiting capacities and mask requirements. According to AP reporting, Democrat-controlled states are continuing the use of restrictions, while Republican states such as Florida and Texas have been removing restrictions for weeks now. In fact, Governor of Republican Texas Greg Abbott lifted the statewide mask mandate back in March. Democratic Oregon's Governor Kate Brown only lifted an outdoor mask requirement after public pressure. Supporters of these states' more cautious approach point to lower infection rates during the pandemic as a result of more strict restrictions. Texas, with a population of around 29 million, saw a total of 2.94 million cases of COVID-19 and over 51,000 total deaths. Oregon, with a population of 4 million, saw a total of 199,000 cases and over 2,000 deaths. In South Carolina, Governor Henry McMaster has ordered an end to mask mandates across the state, saying that local governments should rewrite their ordinances if they wish to keep them in place. In Columbia, though the city council voted to extend its citywide mask mandate to June 5th, there are still some big local changes to COVID-19 restrictions. Last week, the university announced plans to reopen major athletic events to full capacity, beginning with their final baseball series of the season. They say that masks will also no longer be required for fans in attendance, but recommended for high-capacity events such as baseball. The announcement mainly affects the upcoming football season at Williams-Brice Stadium, which kicks off for the Gamecocks on September 4th against Eastern Illinois. In a poll posted to the SGTV News 4 Twitter earlier this week, 72% of responders indicated the full reopening was a good thing, while 11% were indifferent and 17% believed it was a bad choice. We're now joined by News 4 reporter Kendall Smith. How are you, Kendall? Well, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, over the last 15 months or so, we as students have become so accustomed to protocols like mask wearing and social distancing and allowing for full capacity at a stadium like Williams-Brice is definitely a big step towards normalcy. But how are students reacting to this change? 
Isn't it so weird, Will, that we're sitting back now and thinking it's so bizarre that williams Bryce Stadium is going to be at full capacity this year when we went so many years having it at full capacity. And when it wasn't full, it was weird. But then last year, obviously, with all of the COVID restrictions, it had to be brought down and people couldn't be in the stadium. But this year, they're planning on having it back up. And I will say from students, the amount of joy that I've seen on Twitter and via social media at the fact that USC is planning to reopen to full capacity at williams Bryce Stadium. It's definitely been very, very obvious. I think a lot of students are happy. Now you have some students, like we talked about a little bit earlier with the poll that News 4 put out, that don't necessarily think it's a great idea or they're very indifferent about it. But like you said, that 72% saying it's a good choice. And that doesn't speak for the whole student body, obviously. But from what I have seen, a lot of people are very excited to return to this normalcy, especially now that the vaccine is out. They can't wait to get back to williams Bryce Stadium in full capacity this fall. Well, of course, and as you mentioned, allowing for full capacity at sporting venues is a big change from being limited over the past year, but there are also other COVID-19 restrictions that are being loosened and removed as well. Can you talk about what could be required of attendees at these games in the fall? Yeah, absolutely. So as we talked about, the stadium will be at full capacity, meaning there will be no social distancing, which is a word we've gotten very used to and an action we've gotten very used to over the past 15 months. But aside from that, masks will also not be required at games this year. They were required last year, not required this year. And as we've seen full capacity open up this spring at Founders Park for USC baseball, we'll be seeing the same thing, but no masks this time around in the fall, which is a huge change from last year and what we've been experiencing over the last year and a half almost. And another potential benefit of higher attendance at williams Bryce and at Founders Park can be help for small businesses around. How might the businesses around these stadiums profit from a full house on game day? I don't even think that words can do justice just to how much it's going to help local businesses, small businesses, businesses around the area of williams Bryce Stadium. Obviously, business was booming a couple of years back for those bars, for those restaurants, for those Gamecock, athletic wear shops that are around the stadium. And then last year with less fans, obviously that doesn't happen as much. You have limited seating capacities, but this year things are going to be back in full action. I think it's going to do great things for the economy, great things for small businesses around the area. I think about Jay's Corner, the bar over there by williams Bryce Stadium. I'm sure they'll be back up in full force as well. So certainly uh, a good thing for businesses. I think having more people around probably means more people coming to your business. And I think a lot of them are excited for that. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Will. Arts and entertainment are a big part of what brings tourists to Columbia apart from the university, but also part of what convinces students to go to USC. Recent changes to the school's infrastructure have left many confused about one notable area on campus called the Art Tunnel or Free Expression Tunnel. Found between the Science and Technology Building and the Darla Moore School of Business is a tunnel under Assembly Street, which has been used by students to display artwork on its walls for years. But now, photos circulating on Twitter show the tunnel walls to be completely blank after it was painted over by university staff with new signage stating that any markings are in violation of state law. While surrounding universities have allowed for free expression tunnels on their property, such as NC State, USC has subjected the tunnel, thought to be available for student art, to state laws and regulations, which has left many students feeling confused and disappointed. In a recent News 4 Twitter poll, an overwhelming 93% of respondents said that they believe the tunnel, or another part of campus, should be a place devoted to free expression. 
USC junior Charlotte Morrison, who took the pictures of the now barren tunnel, says that walking through it has been a tradition for them, but they were surprised to see that it was now empty. My friends and I all love the art tunnel. We love like walking through it and seeing what's in there. I was very shocked to see it like that, especially the, like the sign is like saying it's prohibited to paint in there because I'd never seen any sign of anyone saying that it's explicitly like prohibited to paint in there. And I'm not sure whose policy this is. It doesn't feel like as like cool and a creative part of campus like it used to be. It just feels feels very dull. Other students took to Twitter in agreement with this sentiment, saying that the university should allow for free expression in the tunnel and that nothing there was graphic or offensive to anyone. Speaking of art, there are some upcoming events popping up around Columbia to look forward to over the weekend if you're feeling extra creative. Stay right there. We'll keep you in the loop. It's summertime, and even though we are still in a pandemic, more and more South Carolinians are getting vaccinated, which means more events are popping up locally, and everyone is looking to get out and get back to normalcy over the following months. I don't know about you, Will, but one of the things I am looking forward to the most is safely attending concerts again, which I believe is starting to happen right here in Columbia. That's right, Finn. You can even start to get tickets to concerts happening right here in Columbia, starting with the Indigo Girls on May 26th at 7.30. That concert is going to be at the Columbia Speedway and Entertainment Center in KC, and it's the first of a series of cola concerts throughout the summer. Tickets are available between $35 and $50, depending on your group size. And again, that's tomorrow, May 26th at 7.30. And Will, something that I really noticed was pretty cool here was how they're still keeping safety in mind, because if you go onto the Ticketmaster website... They offer these $35 and $50 tickets to groups of two and four and small little pods that they have set up all around the stage. So you and a group of friends can come in a car and you can still safely be apart from one another, even though we're having these COVID restrictions loosen now. Um, we can still be safely spread out from people and still, you know, enjoy an experience that many people have been lacking, which is getting out and seeing a concert. Absolutely. I mean, you can still see sort of remnants of social distancing of these measures that we took for COVID-19, like seating pods, but it's good to see that things are really opening up and, and really getting back to what we would consider sort of normal pre-2020. Yeah, exactly. And even more so than that, the Indigo Girls are pretty popular on Spotify. They have roughly a million uh, listeners. I think it's actually just above 700,000, so excuse me there. Um, but they are a American folk rock music group. And I was listening to some of their music earlier, and I personally am a big fan of folk music, but I'm also just like a big fan of live outdoor music. So I'm in Charleston at the moment, but I might have to come down to Columbia just to just to get a little taste of it, because this sounds like really a lot of fun. I, I haven't gotten to listen to the Indigo Girls yet, uh, but I might have to do that tonight. Um, but I'm definitely really excited to see that we're getting some live entertainment back. Uh, we just talked to Kendall about having uh, well-attended sports, and now we're talking about uh, live music and maybe like live comedy and performances coming back. I'm just really excited to uh, to interact with people in the real world. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, more so than that, art, art in Columbia is shown not only through music and through these cola concerts, but also through crafts and brushes and paints um, and even, you know, written or spoken word like stories or poems. 
and there is no other you know place to see that pr- pretty soon coming up other than the Noma Flea Market, which is at 6 to 9 p.m. this Friday, May 28th. It's located at 2222, that's right, 2222 Sumter Street in Columbia. There will be a variety of local artists, collectors, and storytellers, as well as free food, drinks, and live music. And like I said, I'm a huge sucker for live music, but also free food. I mean, come on, I know that I, and I'm sure you can relate to this, being on campus this past year, you know, and having only so many meal swipes to spend, free food was a luxury. And so now we can just go to this place, enjoy some free art, some free music, and free food. I mean, how great does that sound? I mean, that that sounds amazing. If you talk about really how strict things have been over the past 12 to 15 months and how we've had to do so much from home, this is an opportunity to, to get a lot done outside of the house. I mean, we're talking about art, we're talking about storytelling, we're talking about free food and music, and there's just a great chance to have some fun and do something a little bit different in Columbia on Friday. Yeah, and if I can't make it through for the Indigo Girls concert this upcoming Friday, I can definitely make some time to swing through Columbia. So if you want to go with me, then I will definitely take you and we'll get some free food and we'll uh, listen to some live music and it'll be a lot of fun. There you go. And one more option for your entertainment this weekend in Columbia. It's going to be on Sunday, which is May 30th at 8 p.m. There's going to be the Disco and Froze. It's hosted by Mike Stone Entertainment. That's at uh, 1624 Main Street in Columbia. Uh, tickets will go for $65 for two people, $125 for four people, like we saw with the concert. But this is a great chance to get out and dance a little bit, wear your best disco attire, and, and just have some fun. Yeah, and you know, there's always something going on on Main Street. You'll have Soda City on Saturday morning, and then Disco and Froze on Sunday night. And something that I found pretty interesting that I wanted to bring up really quick, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but whenever I go on to Experience Columbia SC... Um, to find some events to go to in Columbia. I always see Mike Stone Entertainment, and I've never gone to one of these events, but I'm wondering, who is Mike Stone, and how are, how are they putting on so many great events? I need to meet this person so bad. I'm not exactly sure who Mike Stone is, but like you mentioned, it's a great chance to to kind of bookend your weekend with, uh, with events on Main Street, Saturday morning, Sunday night. Uh, and if you go, maybe you can find out who Mike Stone is, get to know Mike Stone Entertainment, and, and maybe attend some more events in the future. Yeah, for sure. So what I'm hearing, well, is we got to go to the Noma Flea Market Friday night and then Soda City Saturday morning and then Disco and Froze this weekend. We're, we're going to have a heck of a weekend, you and I. We're going to have carpool up from Charleston to Columbia and, and, and have a good weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so anyone that's in the Columbia area right now, I know that campus is kind of dead because a lot of people are away. Um, but those who are living off campus or even if you're in the surrounding areas, definitely definitely swing into Columbia this weekend. Check out some of these events and always feel free to go on to experiencecolumbiasd.com to find out a calendar of events going on in the city. There's always fun stuff going on and you should definitely check it out. But... In other news in Columbia, the summer heat is clearly kicking in with the high today being 93 and the low being 66. You can expect partly cloudy skies for most of the week. Now, in terms of the stock market right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average decreased by 95 points, the NASDAQ decreased by 6 points, and the S&P 500 fell by 10 points. Keeping you in the loop, I'm Finn Carlin. I'm Will Kronzberg. You're listening to SGTV News 4. Join us next week to stay in the loop. Thank you.